Hello, and welcome back to the Upper Bowl GM Podcast. As always, it is your host, Nick Zararis. Light on content this week. My girlfriend was getting her wisdom teeth out, had to spend time taking care of her. So, only one episode this week, but because there's only one episode this week, really, really good guest today. One of my favorite follows on hockey Twitter. Legitimately one of the funniest people I follow. Clarissa Quinn's Edgework is here to talk all things Canucks, all things hockey shitposting, and a whole lot more. But before I get to today's conversation, I do have to remind everyone to help support the show. So you can signal boost the show on social media, sort of retweet, a follow, a, a retweet, a like, a share, whatever platform you see it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, bump it so other people can see it. Then once you've helped signal boost the show, you can subscribe to the show, whatever podcasting platform you use, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, the main ones, it's there. If you are using Apple Podcasts, because Apple controls the world, you do have an added responsibility. Please go to the show's homepage, scroll down to the bottom, there are going to be five clear purple stars. Hit the one furthest to the right, that's leaving a five-star review. Underneath that is a button with purple letters that says, write a review. If you have a minute, please, please, please leave a written review. Thank you. So, today's episode centered around the Vancouver Canucks, a very compelling hockey team, a team that was a couple games away from the Stanley Cup final in the bubble two year, uh, a year ago, a team that finished in dead last in the North Division this year, even though there was a reasonable expectation that they would be in the mix for the playoff. So there's a whole lot to unpack, and Clarissa is here to talk some hockey because, you know, we we are linked through hockey Twitter, but there's going to be a lot of discourse about how the hockey Twitter side of the internet works, the act kind of thing. So I hope you guys enjoy today's show. I will see you guys on the other side of the drop. The pass back is out of the reach, and here comes Patterson flying after the puck. In on goal, scores! And with that, as promised, welcome on one of the five best shit posters on all of hockey Twitter. How are you doing, Clarissa? I'm good. That was like the best intro I've ever had and probably will in my whole life. <laughs> it Because we walk that fine line between like, yeah, we have professional content creation, journalistic aspirations, but at the same time, it's just too much fun to have fun, which is kind of... It's kind of how I found this nice little niche on hockey Twitter of people like us who are professionals in the media f- trying to be, but also like this sport is ridiculous. We should be making fun of this. Exactly. And I feel like that's the perfect medium, um, especially for where hockey is going or like sports are going in general. So yeah. you know what? I think we're on the right road. <laughs> exactly. I think we're ahead of the cur- curve as opposed to behind it. So let's start with the nat- the natural progression of the show, which is always... What's your entry point to sports? And then because you're a media presence as well, what's the entry point to the social media side of it as well? Because those are two important parts of this conversation. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start off with how I got back to hockey, which um, uh, I, I feel like it's not really different or, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, pandemic, obviously, I had a lot of time to myself, um, and I had a lot of time to do absolutely nothing. So I was like, you know what, why don't I just watch the 2011 Stanley Cup playoffs? 
because they're available on YouTube and I haven't seen it in 10 years. And that went well. <laughs> that went great, as we all know, uh, for the Canucks. So that got me back into it. And obviously, um, as we'll speak about it later, um, something uh, along the lines of the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs last year in the bubble um, were very good, or it went well, at least <laughs> until a point. <laughs> um, and I watched that, and it obviously got me here to Hockey Twitter, which um, initially, uh, I am on, I have, like, another Twitter account uh, that I kind of just, like, posted on for years. That's why, uh, that's why sometimes people are like, oh, you just appeared out of nowhere. Nope, I'm, I'm somewhere else. I'm just much more normal over there. <laughs> not normal, <laughs> but, like, uh, not hockey obsessed over there. Um, and I obviously decided to come over to Hockey Twitter and make my own account. I was anonymous at first. Um, I used this like picture of Quinn Hughes, which was hilarious and I still think about it. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people still remember me for that. Um, but yeah, essentially the way that I got back to hockey was the pandemic, which is very something very weird to thank for, but I'm sure the pandemic did a lot to a lot of people. Um, that could have been good as well. And <laughs> I, I don't know how to say that, but um, yeah, that's, that's yeah, for, for the people who were just kind of stuck at home for a couple of months. Yeah, that, that there was a lot of free time to be messing around with streaming services and YouTube rabbit holes. So I ask because it there are two sides of hockey Twitter. There are the lurkers and then there are the people like us who are just driving the nonsense that are all hours of the day. It'll be one in the morning and someone will just tweet a really random reaction picture. And there will be a 5,000 engagements on it by 4 a.m. Just because nobody has anything to do and we're all bored staring at the wall waiting for hockey to come back. Especially this time of year now where all the free agency stuff has kind of happened. We're waiting to see what happens with Jack Eichel. But more or less now, we're just waiting for hockey to come back. That's kind of where we're all at. Mm -hmm. and um yeah it's it's always like this weird uh well obviously I came into hockey twitter when it was off season I I don't know why mm -hmm. I said obviously I didn't <laughs> say this but I mean um I joined exactly the day after the Canucks lost in the bubble um because I obviously wanted to join everyone suffering <laughs> so <laughs> I joined right after that which means that I technically started my account in the off season which is when people usually have a life and leave and go on vacation and do stuff like that. But um, again, it was the pandemic. So most people were at home suffering without hockey. And that was how I came up. Um, <laughs> and obviously uh, a few, like literally a month after me joining, uh, decided to tweet at Mr. Elias Pedersen. And uh, <laughs> That was my entry point. That was where I found you was the reply to that. That was the first time I was like, all right, this is a good start. And then, yeah, progressively funnier and funnier. I'm like, okay, good follow, good follow. But yeah, I, that's a good story. That's a really is. good story. I Okay, I owe him a lot. And honestly, yeah. obviously, uh, I'll talk about the Watcher Project later, but um, was really hoping to see him. Obviously could not because he was injured last season. Um, but he was really cool what a fun guy to just reply to this really stupid shit post that some random Canucks fan with literally under 100 followers tweeted at like midnight 
I, I, I can go on and on. Um, he did not have to do that. <laughs> he was bored just like the rest of us. That's yeah, the thing. They're bored it's just true. like us. They're all just like us. <laughs> do, do you live in fear like a few of our friends do that you, you have multiple NHL players following you on bot accounts just to keep tabs? Because I, I talk with... I talk with Megan about this a lot. I talk with Knox about this a lot. And they're just like, yeah, I'm in fear. I have multiple NHL players following me and keeping tabs on me because I'm so crazy. I think that'd be really funny. And I hope, I actually hope they do. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think that would be, uh, I, I think I was in fear like earlier, like maybe mm-hmm. like a few months ago. Now I'm just like, mm, I let them see it. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha when did you start looking at this as like a serious thing because like you mentioned the botry project which we're going to talk about later but when did you look at it as opposed to just like you know i'm wasting time on twitter as opposed to all right i got to do a couple drops a day so people keep seeing me on the timeline because i'm funny and i want people to interact <laughs> with my stuff and when did you start thinking about it as a content jo- thing as opposed to an entertainment thing yeah um first of all i am joking but not um I'm addicted. <laughs> so yeah, funny. no, we all are. We all are. It's fun. <laughs> and it's, it, <laughs> don't normalize this, Nick. But um, yeah, I eh, I kind of realized maybe like a few months in that I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't be on here too many or pretty much every day of my life, except I have been um, ever since I joined. Um, one part of it is because I'm having fun and we'll get into that, but, um, otherwise I just, um, I'm doing a lot of, or I find, I, I found that I'm very interested in social media and, um, I, um, I mean, who doesn't like engagement? <laughs> like that's, I mean, especially after a pandemic, um, I'm very specifically me as a person. Um, I'm very reliant on people and just interacting. So obviously this is very rough on me to not talk to people for a very long time. Um, and ever since um, I started chatting with people like you um, and like I spoke to broadcast at a point, um, I, I'm finally feeling like I'm meeting people again. Yeah, I, that's the main reason why I, can, I am so happy to have joined Connects Twitter. I met so many people on here that um, I never really expected to meet <laughs> ever. Like I probably wouldn't have spoken to you if I walked past you on the street, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's just how that's just reality. And I think that's really cool to meet a lot of people on here um, that I never really would have thought I would have ever talk to ever um and i forgot what we were talking about because i go on oh it's fine that's the entire point of a podcast is to just go on and on and on because we all got thoughts i know you got thoughts that are rattling around in your head you want to be able to express over the next 40 50 minutes so get it all out please that's the entire point of this so you mentioned it there we got to talk about this what is it about the canucks that inspires such emotion energy because i have no vested interest in the vancouver canucks i follow a couple hundred canucks fans because something about that team drives all of you to psychosis hysterics occasional happiness what is it about the canucks oh god um so obviously i am from vancouver so unfortunately i'm a homer and that's just how it goes but um i'm not like not 
no fan is tied to their home team. You know, you can just pack up, move on. Not literally, but literally just pick another team. Um, but here we are. For some reason, we're still cheering for them. And uh, I wrote about this for the Botcher Project um, because Canucks fandom is weird like that. And you know what? A lot of teams and fandoms are weird like that. Um, yeah. We're not like unique in that way. Um, I'm sure it's like a very universal feeling. Uh, but unfortunately, I literally don't understand it either. <laughs> like, um, it's uh, the humiliation kinks in this league are insane. And for some reason, we just have so much fun suffering. And I mean, not everyone has fun suffering. I do. <laughs> um, we make the best out of it. But some people literally log on here to yell at a man that will never see their tweets. And I think that's funny. <laughs> oh, it's hysterical. It's hysterical. <laughs> exactly. And then there's a bunch of people there to react to that one person yelling at this one man who won't see their tweets either. And it's just like that whole dynamic is so interesting to me. That's why I love social media. Um, because like, what are we doing here? Like, there's no point, but we're doing it. And that's what Canucks fandom is to me. <laughs> Because there are so many accounts, like there's Mr. Boost, there's Louis Erickson's mullet, there's the broadcast, which you mentioned, like, there's just so much going on at all times. Like, Mr. Boost is an S tier shit poster. Like, every now and then I, I have to like refresh my eyes. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a fake post he made in like Photoshop. Because <laughs> like, he's gotten me more than once. Or I was like, I sent it to another person. And they're like, that's Mr. Booth. I was like, I got got. It's just something about the Canucks. Like there are shit posters in every single space. It's just the Canucks ones are just so ubiquitous. They're everywhere. Like even the broadcast. Like they do a good show, but they're still shit posters. Like they're full of on adults with like real jobs, but <laughs> shit posters like us. Something yeah. about the Canucks. Something I, about the Canucks. It's it's something in the Vancouver air, and I don't know what it is yet. But once I do, I'll let you know because I <laughs> I don't know. So this is a good way because now we've kind of set the ground that this is a this is a hypercharged space. This isn't quite One Direction twenty thirteen, but in, it's in that realm of craziness where anything could happen on any given day. So let's talk about the team itself for a little bit here. So like you mentioned, they go to the cup final in 2010, 2011, they lose in seven. They've been to the playoffs four times since in the 10 years. They've had three coaches. They've gone through multiple iterations where they were still trying to build around the late stage Sedins. Then they started the youth movement. They've had some flop picks. They've had some really good draft picks. And now they're kind of in that weird in between where they have too many good players to be awful but they don't have enough good players to be like Colorado, Vegas, Tampa. Yeah. What does that do to your psyche? What does that do to your psyche <laughs> as a fan where it's like, well, we're never going to be bad enough to get the best player in the draft, but we're never going to be good enough to win anything. How do you cope yeah. with that? <laughs> and something that you're missing is that we also have no money. <laughs> yes. We're going to get there. We're, we have to start at the basis of this Dude, is where we are. Sorry. Yeah. That's, that's another connect thing. You just keep going on and on and on and you don't know when to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I personally, I, mm, I feel like I was the most sad when I wasn't on Canucks Twitter yet. So it was the point when they lost in the bubble and I literally, okay, I'm a sensitive person, but like I cried because I was like, man, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> and I kind of just, um, ever since being on hockey Twitter, I've 
kind of obviously found this to be my kind of coping mechanism because mm-hmm. um I haven't cried since <laughs> and there's a lot of things to cry about in the past year yes. <laughs> um, lots of players that I love leaving um no money we will go over but um uh personally I uh yeah again You're here I, for the vibes you're I here am, for the vibes I'm always here for the vibes and um I think that a lot of Canucks fans and other fans of other terrible fan, um, teams should probably try to figure that out because it, it really makes for a better experience um, watching this really bad and crazy sport. Um, otherwise, like, I really wouldn't be here, you know? Like, there's yeah. no other reason to be here unless um, these people that I follow are really funny and I'm having a good time meeting a lot of people online. There's literally no other reason. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I said, um, it's literally the people on Twitter that I'm here for. It's no longer the team, which is interesting. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that's a lot of people, especially with how the NHL is pulling certain things recently and yes. past year. And as I told you, I started watching the like rewatching the NHL during the summer. So there was all the Black Lives Matter things that they've tried <laughs> and absolutely failed at. So there's just a lot of things that I'm not here for, but I'm still here. And for some reason I am, and I don't know why, but here I am. <laughs> but see, this is an interesting delineation because we can talk about this back and forth because I'm still at the point where I haven't accepted that my team has a bad GM. I'm still like, it's okay. We might be able to do this. We have these little hockey babies. They're all so good. They took them first and second overall. They're teenagers. Everything is going to be fine down the road. And you've kind of accepted your fate of, it's fine. I'm here to have fun. If my team wins, great. But I'm more here for my friends than the team. Yes. I, it's, it's sad that it's come to this point. And I know that in, like next uh, next season, I'm gonna absolutely do a 180 on this and be like, oh, I love this team. Like I'm obsessed with this team. I'm cheering for them, and I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just have so much more fun making fun of them, you know. <laughs> yeah, that that's exactly yeah. where I'm at. The Rangers have been so mediocre the last three years. It's more fun to make fun of them because great, they won 35 out of 80 games. Terrific. They lost 10 games in overtime. Terrific. Great, we'll pick eighth overall, and we get to do it again next year because we made no progress. Great. This is just great. Making fun of things is a lot better than being miserable. It's a good way to look at it, and it's a positive way to look at it because every now and then you go down that doom spiral of, damn, they're really never going to win a Stanley Cup in my lifetime. This sucks. And then it it really does come to that sometimes. And then you got to reel it back in and realize it's okay. This is supposed to be fun. This is a hobby. This is entertainment, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's very interesting when you see it because different fan bases do it different ways. The Canuck fan base is very vocal with their disdain. And then there are the Senator fans who are very, our team is good. What are you talking about? Even though, you know, they were the sixth team in that division last year. Every fan base copes with their misery differently. And I think that's literally it. Like, I think, um, <laughs> I, I think that having something to talk about like this is just what makes for interaction. And again, that's all I want. And um, 
yeah it's it's making the best out of these shitty situations that literally yes. every fan like every fan goes through that like it, even exactly. the best teams colorado you like they're i don't know what they did in the off season but you know <laughs> um a lot of teams go through something and you know what that's just what it's just what sports are and um yeah i guess exactly what you said i guess vancouver fans are a little more uh ballsy they're performative <laughs> they're performative <laughs> They're, yeah. they're sharing their misery with other yeah. people. Yeah, and in that sense, um, apparently that's why players don't want to come to Vancouver. Because... Oh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, come on. Like, okay, you're getting bullied by me, a 22-year-old woman, um, talking about the way you skate. Like, you don't want to come here because I said that. No, <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> So, so you don't want to get overpaid by Jim Benning because he'll overpay for anyone if they actually come here. You don't want more money than you'd get anywhere else just because of teenagers on Twitter? Really? People yelling at you online that you won't literally, that will never say this to your, you in your, like at you, at your face, like ever in your life. I, and, it's... and you don't even have to be good. You just have to be, have a quirk. Average. <laughs> Yeah, you don't even have to be an amazing hockey player. If you find your niche and you're interactive with the fan base, they'll find a place in their heart for you. Like, I think about Adam Gaudet in the Canucks space. I think about Tyler Mott, where they are not amazing hockey players, but they're receptive to the fan interaction. They give it back. They're they're engaging. They're good on social media, that kind of thing, where you don't have to be the world's best hockey player. If As long as you're a decent dude to fans you interact with, People won't give you a hard time. That's really the thing I think you could say to that report about people don't want to come to the Canucks. You don't have to be an amazing hockey player. As long as you're as long as you're decent and as long as you do the right things, I think people are willing to give you a chance. Absolutely. And that's me. I literally whenever we make a pick or like a trade that um involves someone fun, uh, for example, which I will cry about later, Nate Schmidt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was so excited for him, and unfortunately, we got him during a freaking pandemic, yes. when none of us could be in the freaking stands to hear his whoops, and it's just so sad and depressing, and I, he's just so fun, like, uh, it's players like that who, like, sure, like, there's gonna be a dude out there that's like, okay, but what did he do for Canucks defense? Yeah, I know. I don't care. <laughs> he's fun and he's cool and he does what he has to do and I miss him. <laughs> and those he, are the players that we need. And that's one of the things about the Canucks is they have a lot of likable players on the team. Like Brock Besser is a very good hockey player. Elias Pedersen is a very good hockey player and he's fun on social media. They've got Tyler Mott. They've got Bo Horvat. They have Thatcher Demko. There, there are genuinely likable people on this team. There's Quinn Hughes. Every time I see a picture of Quinn Hughes, I smile to myself because it's like, he's a real person. Like, that's a professional hockey player. He looks like he hasn't slept in weeks, and he's a professional hockey player. How can you not find some joy in that? I know. I He... <laughs> that is exactly why I picked him as my username, um, because he's just so funny. Um, for By doing nothing. He's doing nothing. Like exactly. think about that. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, I've I've talked about this earlier, and I'm kind of not anymore because I'm looking for a job. <laughs> but <laughs> um, the 
I feel like the Canucks could do so much. Like, like they could do so much oh. to capitalize on these players. And they haven't yet. And that's weird to me because it's it's like they're they're gonna leave. <laughs> this is one of the things I always end up talking about with someone who does content is the NHL does such a bad job of using what they have. You have these guys with their quirks and their talents and the stuff they do away from the rink. And all they are is the monotone, well, we got to get pucks in deep and coach like the way we were playing. And like, why don't the Canucks have a weekly thing where they have Elias Pedersen do something with fashion? Because he obviously cares about fashion. Why don't the Rangers do something with Mika Zibanejad's music? Like, there are these easy layup things that any content person should be trying to do. Because if they don't, either the player does it for free on their own social media, which, why are you working for free? You're already a millionaire. You could easily be selling that as a sponsored segment. You can't find a... You can't find a store somewhere in Vancouver to sponsor a weekly fashion show. Come on, a weekly weekly fashion segment. Like, these little ideas that people like you and I have, because, you know... We, we're hungry. We have ideas. We need, we were working on things to be able to pitch to people like, yeah, hire us because we could do X, Y, and Z, as opposed to the people who are already there where it's like, I can make wallpapers on Photoshop. And like, yes, those are nice. The boomers like those, but these are interesting people. They don't have to be just the generic white person they are. There's so much untapped potential in it in hockey, and I'm glad you brought it up because there really is a space there on social media that the other leagues do better. The NBA does Twitter the best because they've got the pregame walk-in where all the guys get to wear whatever they want to wear. They get the highlights that are very easy to translate because there's no regional blackouts. It's just, it's so frustrating. So it frustrating. It is. Um, ever since obviously getting on hockey Twitter, I'm obviously being exposed to other sports. Um, yeah. I don't really watch other sports um, because they're kind of slow to me <laughs> or just I don't know the rules yet. So I, I'm kind of suffering on that point. But um, every time I see something from the NBA, the MLB, um, I end up retweeting it. I don't watch these sports, but they're so good at promoting it that yes. I want to watch this sport and hockey is making me not want to because they don't have anything and that's so weird because yeah as you said there's so much to do and they haven't done it yet um again maybe okay in the last two years maybe some leeway because the pandemic they were really probably yeah. didn't have money they didn't have people da, 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 da. but yeah. they have no excuse for the past like decade <laughs> so it's not, we have to talk about the Canucks this past season because it was a very jarring, trying, difficult season. They had the really bad COVID outbreak. They lost so much time in their season. The NHL made them play games after the playoffs were already going to start. Just a very ludicrous season. And I think it's very fitting that it's con it was the Canucks that this happened to because your fans are so performative and so engaging. And... It was just a whirlwind because there were stretches where I was just, I was watching the Canucks every night just because I wanted to see what the hell was going to happen. Like, <laughs> God knows what was going to happen any given night. Yeah, I literally, it's, I'm just, I have a bad memory probably because I've just been inside for too long, but um, <laughs> it's like that season felt like it was a year ago for some reason. Yeah. I mean, it's been a few months, but it feels like it's been so long ago when it was literally this year when 
everyone had COVID and yeah, nobody's talking about it anymore <laughs> because, well, we move on. Um, it's, it's social media, but like, um, is anyone going to talk about how they might have like long-term yeah. <laughs> effects from this? Because uh, all these players are still playing on this team and I don't know. That's, it's insane um, that that happened. Of course it had to happen to the Canucks. Um, and I, I literally have no idea. It was just pain, like everything, um, just everything. Um, Pedersen was obviously injured. Um, and there's just so many like shifts to the lineups. Uh, we had no idea. I had no idea what was going on. And I'm pretty sure nobody did either. And that led us to seventh. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> So it's interesting. So you really got back into it during the bubble last year. So coming into this season, did you actually have some expectations because they got it to the second round last year in the playoffs? Did you actually feel like maybe something good will happen to this group of guys? Isn't that funny? I love when teams like give you hope and stuff. Like (laughs) I obviously came from the pandemic and then watched the playoffs and then went through the off season, super excited for this very strange year and all of this happens. And honestly, that's so fitting, you know, that's, um, and again, that's like best for me because I like to make the best out of really shitty situations. And we had enough of those today, uh, this year. And I feel like maybe we had a little too much, but um, yeah, it's fitting. It's so fitting and unfortunate, but um I'll see everyone next season and here we'll we'll just be there. (laughs) So are you still in the ballpark of I'm here for the vibes. I'm not going to yell about this, even if the team doesn't makes a stupid decision. Or do you sometimes like, even though you're just trying to like have fun, you still kind of get mad when Jim does something dumb. Yeah. Um, I, (laughs) so I'm, uh, uh, before esteemed media member men, followed me (laughs) I (laughs) tweeted whatever I wanted and I still do I swear I still do but I did get a little softer I got a little scared of people maybe I am maybe I do live in fear that players do read except I really don't care if they do read because hockey players can't read (laughs) true Uh, I mean Elias just started so (laughs) yeah yeah um but I think um I think Again, I always I said this in the Botcher project. Um, everyone has valid criticisms. That's what social media is here for. It's free. This website is free for a reason. And you know what? Say what you want. It's free. <laughs> and yeah. um, usually I don't say what I want to say because someone already probably said it. That's the best thing about Connects Twitter is that all I have to do is retweet someone's thought because they had the exact same thought as me or made the same exact joke as me. And it's happened many times. And in that sense, I'm sure everything that is said about Jim Benning has been said. And I, <laughs> I'm i just beating a dead horse at this point because it's, it's really, it's been said and He's doing what he can. And honestly, when people say like, oh, I could do a better job than him. I think I really do genuinely think about it because I don't think I could do a better job. (laughs) I'd give all my money to my favorite players. I. (laughs) That's what he does. He just gives money to his favorite players. Okay, so I'd be bad too. That's what I mean. That's how 
was I'm okay. But I, I'd have okay. like an entertaining team. So maybe it'll be like Carolina, but like bad. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you can't even say that about Carolina anymore either. Okay, anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right. God. You're right. God. What a shit show, man. Carolina <laughs> built up on. all this goodwill. Built up all this goodwill being funny on Twitter. And I was like, all right, our owner's really greedy. Dougie Hamilton, you're out of here. Tony D'Angelo, replacement. Yeah. Very equal, very equal replacement. Yeah. Oh, I don't so, know. Okay, so I have to ask. If there actually is issues getting Elias a real contract here, will that get you actually mad? Um... <laughs> Yes, I'll say yes. Um, okay. <laughs> because Canucks fans are going to listen. They're going to be like, why would you say no? First of all, I do want him to win. Second of all, it doesn't have to be with the Canucks. Third of all, I, I would prefer for it to be with the Canucks. Fourth of all, it probably won't be with the Canucks. <laughs> so those are my four points. But um, yeah, I, I saw his quote. Um, I made a joke out of it. Someone was like, okay, he said all these other things too. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm just making a joke about this one quote. I know. That's usually how I reply to people on Twitter, by the way, that like are criticizing me. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, you're stupid. I know. And <laughs> um, they usually like <laughs> leave me alone, which is really funny. So that's my strat. If anyone needs a strat to um, get away from people who are being mean to them on Twitter, just be like, I know. And that's the thing like half the things i post are joking like why are you getting mad serious in the replies like yeah. you can't tell by the general tone here of like when i'm being serious you can tell i'm being serious as opposed to i'm like yeah the rangers would be better not dressing anyone at all and playing with 11 guys no they wouldn't that's a joke <laughs> what are we doing here what are See, we doing here the one thing so... i forget about is that some people don't know me. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, people yeah. That, that's like, a good point. Like, there's a person out there that still doesn't know who I am, who you are. They come across your joke tweet and they're like, what the hell is this person talking about? And they see your bio that we're like writers and they're like, what is this person talking about? So, you know yeah. what? Fair, fair. But this is Twitter. <laughs> and that's I, don't, the thing. I don't understand why some people are on, I guess some people are like in their circles where they're just all talking everything that is to do with sports and nothing to do with the fun of it. Because, and I don't want to be anywhere near there because I don't understand why these people don't, can't take a joke. It's, it's weird, it's very weird. Like, I always come back to it. This is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be entertainment, a hobby. You do stuff with your friends. You go to a game. You go out to... Like, this is supposed to be fun. I know this can be stressful and misery, and I'm very guilty of that myself sometimes, of not letting myself enjoy it, but you gotta, you gotta take a step back and be like, all right, I'm just here to have some fun. I know I'm trying to make content, and I gotta make good content, but I can be... I don't have to be doom and gloom. That's the real key for... And one of the things you mentioned earlier about how you don't want to just beat a dead horse is, as a content person, that's one of the real things you got to know is when the joke is dead, when the point is dead. Because there are a lot of people who will belabor a point, and because everybody's been on their phone nonstop for like 18 months now because of the pandemic, jokes die in a day as opposed to a week, just know when to stop. Just know when to stop with the same joke. Yeah. 
and yeah again it's i think it's that like healthy balance between the criticisms and the jokes because yeah um that that's just what being realistic is and that's also just like what i don't know like the that's like the most fulfilling experience on twitter i think is to be aware that your team sucks but also having a fun time because yes if you are only doing one of those things then well actually maybe having fun is <laughs> just having fun is maybe like actually a good thing <laughs> but yes. um i don't know how like actually I, I feel like that's like being the ideal fan is to know that um your team has some work um, and you can make some jokes about it, and you can also criticize it, but um, in the end, you're still cheering for this team, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. What's your preferred outlet of expression? Are you a video person, writing person, photography, graphic design? What's your main, like, what's your bread and butter? Yeah, um, I like writing. Um, okay. I'm a communications major, so I like to talk as well, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I I do like to write, um, but I am hoping to, like, actually delve into, like, graphic design and video, mm -hmm. because um, as I tweeted yesterday, I actually just graduated, so that's fun, <laughs> except I'm scared because I have to enter the workforce and shit, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, a, good, it's a good day, because I realized that I can finally, like, work on myself and prioritize this whole sports media thing that I've always wanted to commit to. Um, not always, actually. I just started, like, these two years because um, I realized that I really do like sports and I really do like social media. I just need to find that healthy medium to figure mm -hmm. that out. And that's where, that's why I'm on social media. Um, yeah, but... Gotcha. So this is this is the time. So talk to me about the Botchford project. What your experience was like. I reread it because I read it when you first published it. But I, you know, I'm a, I'm a good host. I want to reread it. And you say you're here for the fun, but it comes across how much you care. Yeah. Um. Thank you. <laughs> I okay. I didn't know how well received that would that um story would be. Um. Thomas Strands actually, oh, he's so nice. I don't, these media dudes in, in like, Connects Media are, like, so much more than you think they are. Because, again, I told you, like, I don't want them to see my tweets because I'm literally shitposting every time. But every now and then, I see one of them like it. And I'm like, oh, they're us. Like, they're literally us, but they're, they just can't tweet stuff, like, yes. <laughs> and, like, fair. Like, they are literally getting paid to do what they're doing. Um, but yeah, Thomas Durant tweeted about how um, we actually weren't going to go through with that story idea because I pitched it. I really wanted to write for the fans. Um, but this was around the time where um, uh, I believe uh, Jake Furtan was going through his sexual yeah. allegations. So I was like, oh, um, I don't know how this is going to come across on Connect Twitter because everyone is literally angry and depressed and upset and as I was as well. It was a very bad time on Connect Twitter and there's always bad times on Connect Twitter, but that was a pretty bad um, space and it was perfectly timed with my Botcher project. So I was like, I'm, I don't know if I should be writing this right now. And he told me I should just 
um, he told me, like, oh, we can talk about it and think of another idea. Um, but eventually I was like, no, actually, you know what? I'll still write it. Because um, I knew how much um, fandom means to me. And I also know how much um, fandom means to Jason Botchford, who the um, project is named after, um, who was a very well-liked Canucks writer. Um, and he, yeah, I... I basically really wanted to write this for him. I really wanted to write this for me as well. So I was very grateful that it came across well because, again, as I said, it was a very bad time <laughs> to be talking about Canucks fandom while um, both the Jake stuff was happening, but also the... Um, I actually might be mixing this up, but it was definitely at a point where everyone wanted to fire Jim Benning. <laughs> so it was um kind of harsh because I honestly personally I thought that people like there were gonna be Jim 732 not Jim Bob 7325 yeah, yeah, yeah. um quote retweeting my story and being like oh she's so way too optimistic like what are you talking about the fans aren't like this da 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 but if he read it <laughs> genuinely as I say and as I said like a billion times on this podcast um uh like you can criticize all you want and I've done it as well like that's being a fan and um I'm really glad that it came across really well like not only for Canucks fans but apparently a lot of other fans understood it as well um it's a very universal feeling as I said so yeah it was really fun and um terrifying if I were to go alone but I was very fortunate enough to do it with um, the two other recipients, Arash and Lachlan, and yeah, in previous years, it's usually done alone, so you go in, um, you actually speak to the player of your choice, like, in the locker room, which I was like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, thank God we didn't do that, because <laughs> I would have been, been fine, terrified, I'd be terrified, um, but yeah, I, yeah, it was, it was really cool, um, and I'm very grateful for that experience because it's both like eye-opening to me as someone who wants to enter sports media and like get in there as in a professional sense, but also um, understand that from behind the scenes, they're just like us. Um, They're criticizing (laughs) this team, but also having fun with it. And um, yeah, that's really, that was my experience. It was really fun. And I was very grateful to Kat Cat Botchford who selected me and I yeah I <laughs> it was, it was fun. <laughs> which side do you see yourself because you say you're looking at sports media jobs do you see yourself on the content side like working for an organization or a team or do you see yourself more on the news slash like a website content side of things yeah it feels like right now I'm like on the fence which is weird because I'm kind of like dipping my toes in both and I kind of like both but um yeah again now that I graduated I can like figure out and um actually work on my writing because I've actually genuinely wanted to like understand shit like Corsi and stuff (laughs) but I oh you've come to the right place you have come to the right place my friend I was talking with a few people about this, and I'm going to start working on a bunch of videos, like 90 seconds or less, on exactly that kind of thing. Explaining 
how Corsi works, how expected goals work, the difference between unrestricted and restricted free agency. Those little things that, for someone like me who's like fully immersed and been writing more or less every day for four or five years, like I know very easily, but I understand these are complicated and nuanced topics that are pretty inaccessible and people aren't going to be willing to pause and explain to you. And I do understand that whole... I'm here for the vibes, not the stats thing. Like, I legitimately understand that some people are here just to have fun. It's not everything is a debate. And I appreciate that side of things because without those fans, the ones who are here just for the fun, the rest of us would have no one to read our stuff because it would just be the 20 of us who know how this stuff works writing for each other and not trying to support everyone else. Yeah, and it's kind of like bringing this back to Jason Botchford, like he found this healthy medium between incorporating the fans and incorporating all of his hockey knowledge. And I think that is so inspiring to me personally. I just think he found the perfect like blend of that. And Mm -hmm. I know that like writers are um, attempting to do that now, especially with obviously social media being so um, well everywhere and um, <laughs> it, it being like rather easy to comment on certain things like that but Jason Botchford was really good at um, blending that all together and making it yeah. both um, comprehensible but also hilarious and yeah I think um, in that sense that's cool um, please send me the videos because I need to understand <laughs> and okay I got you, you. <laughs> as you said though um, uh, uh, you you mentioned something about like oh it's not that easy to like ask someone for help yeah with um sure yeah it's true um but I am surrounded by people like you I'm surrounded by a lot of like really cool writers I literally know all those people but um it's scary sometimes as as someone yeah. maybe I mean it makes sense I guess as me like I I kind of tick all the diversity boxes like I'm literally a queer woman of color <laughs> so I um. I understand why, like, where I'm coming from, like, in the sense of, um, I am kind of scared to ask in that sense, but, um, there are a lot of very understanding people that I met on hockey Twitter that I shouldn't be afraid of, and I think that, um, again, now I have the time to, like, actually message people and be like, hey, can you explain this to me, because I never understood it at all. So what you're saying is you're tired of just seeing red on the J Fresh player cards. You want to know what the red actually means. You're not just seeing abstract art anymore. I forget who tweeted that a couple weeks ago, but they just tweeted a bunch of red squares on a a blank spreadsheet. And it was so funny. And like, I love those cards. They're very useful and helpful as a writer. But God, that was so funny. Uh, I mean, that's what I see. That's literally what I yeah. see. And you know what? That's literally the main idea. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Red, <laughs> bad, blue, good. That It's very easy to translate. It's a good way to... Don't worry, I got you. The, the lab is cooking. Next week, I'll actually have some time to do some stuff. The lab will be busy. I'm actually going to have to fire up Premiere Pro, and my computer is going to sound like a jet engine. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, looking ahead now, the Canucks had their offseason. They made their big move. They brought in old Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland. What's the vibe at like? How, how, how happy are we? Are, are we any happier than we were before? Or is it just, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, honestly, this like off season, I was so lost. I think a lot of people were, <laughs> yeah. it's not just me, but I'm sure like, this is what I'm wondering because I don't like, I wasn't here before last year. So I don't, really know when the last time like this 
crazy off season of trades like ever happened. I don't even like what would you? It hasn't. Like, oh, okay. You think? Like, yeah, like you... this is the this is the craziest hockey off season since I've been engaged with hockey. So I'm trying to think. Like there have been individual crazy moves or days or like individual busy trade deadlines, but between the stuff that the draft, the guys who forced their way out, the Eichel stuff, it's never been this crazy. So legitimately, it has never been this crazy. Yeah, and that's insane because I have like no other season. No frame of reference. Yeah. <laughs> this is like my first one-ish. And I was like, okay, so all of this shit happened. Um, great. <laughs> now I'm going to go into the like new season essentially and forget that some people left and some people are now here. And um, <laughs> it's just, it's confusing. Um the OEL thing was weird. I can't believe we just traded a bad contract for another bad contract. <laughs> um, but you know what? It's it's also depressing for me personally. Or like, yeah, this is like an attack on me because I miss Alex Edler with my whole heart. And uh-huh. they basically just replaced each other. Like, they're both Swedish. They both wear the number 23. They're both old. <laughs> like, they're literally the same. And the Canucks thought that they could trade, or not trade, but like send Edler away and like take OEL in and every nothing changed. Everything changed to me, okay? <laughs> it's over. Um but yeah, so that hurt that hurt me personally. <laughs> um, the off season is traumatic. It is very traumatic. It is. And it's weird because I feel like I'm really going to mainly get hit by it later. Like I got mm. hit by it in the moment and then obviously when we start playing and seeing like all of these like our former players playing on other teams that's when it'll hit you um but yeah it really hasn't hit me yet um that we have oel that's weird (laughs) to me so if you had to like psych yourself up and pitch yourself on the canucks being good what would the main key to that be elias being healthy someone else making a leap quinn hughes being like he was in 2019 2020 demko playing up to what he's capable of what would you say is the most important thing for the canucks to be decent next year mm-hmm. um god i mean yeah there's no right about... answer oh yeah sorry there's no right answer so oh, whatever yeah. you say yeah <laughs> um i think so pd healthy would help a lot I think that really threw like the season off like right at that point because they were trying to keep him on for so long and then obviously they had to be like nope you can't play anymore and that really threw everything off (laughs) that was like the that was the initial that was the start of that was that was the red flag that probably should have um told me that this was going to be a bad season but um yeah him healthy would probably help a lot but again him getting his contract would probably help much more (laughs) before that um uh same with Quinn uh Quinn uh, yeah he kind of regressed this year um probably on purpose because he doesn't have Mr. Chris Tanev to play with him and mentor him um so well that's just me assuming that yeah but I don't know um that was off uh hopefully he'll have a better season but again his brothers are now playing together so I'm pretty sure he's doing even worse <laughs> um that was uh, such a funny visual on draft night i don't know if you watched uh, the little boy auction or not but just 
Quinn, J- Jack, Jack going nuts that they took Luke and Quinn just kind of sitting there. It was being like, hilarious. Yeah. Like, yeah, good for you. My brother got jacked, but he got jacked with my other brother. That's so yeah. sad. <laughs> Anyways, Quinn, he's in New Jersey, I guess. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, my main answer is that, I mean, something that I'm pretty sure every single team suffers with is defense and our defense is um very rough and (laughs) don't know what's happening there um well you mentioned it tanev tanev was really good for them playing with hughes and then they brought in tyler myers because he's tall and you know it's not the same it's it's not the same and i why did they do that anyways yeah it's uh okay so i yeah our defense is kind of like i feel like it's kind of disconnected now because it's a bunch of newer dudes and no like like we have like the older oel to be our like senior guy but like instead of edler and tanev i guess but um aside from that we don't really have like like i, I think someone tweeted that like quinn hughes is the longest like oh god i forgot what the word is but tenured yeah yeah he's been the longest tenured player or defenseman at least um and that's hilarious to me (laughs) and very scary for other people (laughs) uh but yeah i mean i was looking at it it's still early there are still moves to be made by a few other teams but Canucks are looking at one of the worst defenses in the league. Like, if you look by the conventional the conventional statistics, like the Corsi, Fenwick, expected goals, they're looking at maybe the worst defense on opening night of any team in the league. Yeah. It was either them or... <laughs> it was either them or, I think, Winnipeg. I'm not positive. But nah, because Winnipeg has Dylan now. It's probably not Winnipeg anymore. But at the very least... You're going to be fun, and that's one of the perks of having a bad defense. Is every single game is exciting because it's literally just chaos. Like nobody. Yes. Knows. <laughs> yes. That that was the Rangers for two years. It was very miserable, but at the same time, every game was four or five goals was going to win the game. So it was at least something to do. I mean, look at the Senators last year. The Senators weren't good, but they had a lot of fun. They had a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but um, yeah. Again, if you're looking at it from a perspective of like, oh, will they do well? The answer is probably going to be no. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you're looking from it in a perspective of, are we going to have fun? Yes, we will. So it's fine. <laughs> And the beautiful thing about the Canucks is it doesn't even matter if the team is doing anything. You guys are just going to have fun regardless because you're all funny as hell. Like, you're just going to shitpost each other through another season. Exactly. It doesn't really matter. Um, They lose, we find something to do with it. They win, we find more things to do with it. And, yeah, it should eventually be fine. And, obviously, um, it's going to be weird because I, I believe they're looking to open the arena and I know a few other hockey arenas are doing the mandatory um, uh, COVID vaccine checks, which is good. Um, so I know that the Canucks are doing that. So it's going to be interesting to actually go to games because that means I'll have to buy data and tweet the whole time. <laughs> because I, 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 I realized that 
coming back into like the real world and like actually watching games means I actually won't be tweeting. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be like, oh, Clarissa, like stay home <laughs> because I won't be tweeting. Your I'll be watching. Your followers have expectations. We need <laughs> shit posts. We need X number of shit posts per game. Okay. But again, there... as you said, there's a lot of Canucks fans. I'm sure yes. people hold it up and it'll be fine. <laughs> That's what stoppages are for. That's the good thing about hockey is you get 20, 30 seconds at a time, which is just enough time to fire off a tweet between plays. They drop the puck. All right, phone back in your pocket. Two minutes go by. Okay, another stoppage. Yeah, this team sucks. Back in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, like you get it down to a science if you go to enough games, especially if you're really good on your phone. Like, you know, I imagine you are too, where you have, you know, the seven hours of screen time just on Twitter a day. So you can really fire off tweets quickly. Don't at me like that. You're right. I, I said myself. I said myself. I have like seven hours a day because it's I'm scrolling. I'm trying to think of funny things based off what other people are doing. It's it's the lab. You know, I'm not just posting for no reason. I'm like, you know, this is content. I'm funny. Engage with the tweets. That kind of thing. It's true. And um, I actually forgot to mention this, but I, the Botcher Project was like my second, like in memory, my second ever hockey game. Um, I attended my first one last year and I apparently went to like a skills competition when I was little, but I don't remember mm. that. So, um, watching live is very new to me and I yes. have no idea how I would do in person, but, um, I'll figure that out. Um, and in that sense, I mean, the Watcher Project was my first chance in doing that. And honestly, I had a good time. Um, it's just hard. It's really hard to literally just like look up and then tweet and then yeah. something. It's honestly so hard for me. So maybe I'm better off just like rewatching my replays at home. But you know, it's okay. I'll, I'll definitely watch my games. <laughs> so the word of advice for keeping up with the game in person is look everywhere the puck isn't. That is the <laughs> best advice. I. That's the best advice I've gotten about like if I'm trying to like look for something specific it, when I'm working on something is wherever the puck isn't is where the play is developing. That's the best advice you can give anyone who's trying to understand it on a higher level of someone who's trying to be able to write or speak or make something authoritatively is the play is happening where the puck isn't because that's where the movement is happening. Whoever has the puck, they might have the puck, but the play is happening around them. That's the hardest part to get your brain to understand. But once you get that, you really open it up and you see things happen before they happen, which is probably the hardest thing to do. Wait, okay, I, I that's actually genuinely very interesting, and I'm like that's noted in my head because I'll definitely try that out next time I watch a game. Um, I honestly thought you're talking about like just looking elsewhere where the puck, like when you say don't look at the like wherever the puck is, it's like looking at the players, and I thought that was what you meant, and I was like, yeah, I look at Quinn Hughes on the bench like all the time because he's hilarious. <laughs> He is hilarious. I, I I hope he gets it. I hope he like understands the joke because he's re if he could lean into it just a tiny bit, he could own the internet. If he leaned into it just to like three percent, it's true. He's so funny, <laughs> and it's unintentional too, which makes it even funnier. He's not trying to be funny. I love like the, everyone knew that one person in high school that like yeah. You laughed when you saw them, and I was like, yeah, that's Quinn Hughes, like, to me. Yeah. <laughs> Before I get you out of here, plug the Twitter handle. I mentioned it in the introduction, please. Plug the Twitter handle. Plug anything you're working on. Hype yourself up a little bit. You're funny as hell. 
I just okay. I I, I said God because um we talked about Quinn Hughes too much, and my username yes. is at Quinn's Edgework. Um, I, I just like how he skates. <laughs> that's literally the reason. Um, but yeah, that's my username. Um, I'm hoping to like actually focus on whatever this whole sports media thing is. So hopefully, I'll start writing more. Um, you can catch me tweeting over at Canucks Army sometimes. I don't know, like, <laughs> there have been a few times where, okay, my editor is um, David Quadrelliang, Chris Weber. They're very cool dudes. I love them. Um, David, <laughs> sometimes there were a few, or at least at least one time where he made me take down a tweet because it was a little, it was a little too much uh, bullying <laughs> of Jim Benning for his taste. And I was like, fair. <laughs> so I'm, trying to figure out what I can joke about over there but I will be over there if you need me tweeting about like actual hockey stuff um yeah that's 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 it that's all thank you so much for coming on this was fun thank you Nick ah I'm so grateful whenever honestly like you know that I uh, I've only been on like two podcasts um and personally I absolutely despise them <laughs> sorry this, I'm going like off the topic but I absolutely despise them like a year ago because I'm a communication student so everyone I knew in my classes had a podcast and they would like I'd, I'd have to work with them for a project and they'd be like oh by the way listen to my podcast I'm being serious like I'm not oh no I know I went to college for journalism too. Everybody's got a website. Everyone's got a blog. That, that would be real. I literally thought that that was like, like if you tell a normal person that they'd be like, oh, that's weird. No, if you, if you're you and if you're me, then you're like, no, this is normal. And that's terrifying to me. So Everybody. I was like, oh, I, I, I hate it. Um, but uh, joining hockey Twitter, I kind of have to listen to podcasts now because I have friends that I want to support, like you. So, and I genuinely like realize that um, podcasts are actually okay. I'm going off again, but initially I hated them because I was always unable to like speak. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> you're listening, it's literally just people talking to you, and I've always wanted to share my thoughts. Um, but I wasn't able to because it's like one way and here I am <laughs> talking yeah. to you and you know what I'm sure someone out there is going to be like well now I want to reply to you to which I say reply to me on Twitter DM me because I'm really free and I wish that people um, weren't afraid of like follower counts I think that because I, I know I was when I was like at 20 followers I was like I'm not like I am not um DMing this person with like over 3,000 followers but guess what now I'm at 3,000 followers and I still don't want to like <laughs> I still don't want to no. people with 3,000 followers like I'm that scared so I'm saying everyone know if you want to DM me at Quinn's Edgework um I like to talk so talk to me <laughs> there's people like you and then there's me who just like I went in Dom Lestution's DMs this morning I was like bro you might want to fix this sentence in your article and he's like all right thanks I'm no, like, literally, yeah. that's, that's another yeah. thing about Twitter. Like, literally, people, they don't care. Like, they'll reply. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. fun. I like that. Then nobody really cares about follower counts and stuff. So, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I would like to thank Clarissa for stopping by. This was a very fun episode. We will be back Monday. Busy sports weekend. Probably just going over things that happened over the weekend. Might hit the Giant Jet game on Saturday just to kind of get a taste of preseason football because, you know, there was no football last year to go to in person. So I'll see you guys on Monday. Have a good weekend.